Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is your bomb Wednesday service. I am Naima Cochran, best known as senior pastor of Music Sermon. And for tonight, I am also donning the title of the Minister of Context. Context. And y'all know why in a minute. Um, with me, I have two people tonight. Karin, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, first up, my name is Karin Phillips, uh, senior editor and writer for Deadspin. And I'm taking up the offering tonight. Um, I'm about to gather some people. You're about to gather some people. Yeah. I'm going to tell everybody what you have on later because because the people at home can't see us. And then I have my brother Waz. This feels like 
like moving into a new apartment and having people come visit for the first time. Hi, Waz. What's up? What's going on, Naima? Karen, I'm happy. I'm happy to be on here, man, with you guys. Um, I'm excited. Uh, obviously, I'm happy that you're now part of all the stuff that we do here, offering yeah. your perspective as I'm always interested in what you have to say about all of the shit that we care about culturally. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, I, I am too. And we're going to get into it because I know we don't have you for the whole night, but or the whole day, whenever y'all listening to this. And even though we're about to have a very focused and special episode, I do want to remind you guys to check out our other shows. There is something for whatever you want. On the Count the Dings feed, we have the Dad Pod on Mondays. We have Cinephobe on Wednesdays with Amin. We have the Friday Mailbag where you can possibly hear your questions or your comments answered live. And then there is the Bomb Feed with the OG Show on Tuesdays with Amin, Trey, Waz, Jerv, and everybody else. There's me on Wednesdays. There's Woke Bros with Waz, Nando, and Michael Brooks on Thursdays. And then there's the Pack Your Knives feed where you get to break down Top Chef as though it were a sporting event. Very in-depth commentary. It's very important. But today, we are talking about ops, or what people on the internet like to call ops, or plants, or <laughs> frauds, or scammers. Um, I mean, here's the thing, right? The internet is a place where you can create whoever you want to be. Um, scamming abounds. But what I find interesting is that it's, it's so perception-based that there are a lot of people, when you see that they're looking funny in the light, everybody else who's supposed to be, like, on it and <laughs> hip to game will be like, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. They're good people, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to get into a few of those today, um, starting with one of Twitter's favorite topics, Sean King, um, presumed activist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, serial fundraiser, which is one of his claims to fame. I'm not even, that's not even disparaging. That's, that's one of the things that he touts is how much money he's helped crowdfund. Mm. Um, and, and then we're also going to get into Van Jones, uh, CNN commentator, former Obama administration, uh, green job czar and potential op. And we're going to talk about Terry Crews who has lost his entire mind and maybe touch on Kanye, but we already know who Kanye is, so possibly not. Um, yeah. But I want to start with Sean King because I was specifically asked <laughs> to talk to talk about this today um, by our CTD family because I went on a little bit of a rant last week. So Sean announced last week that he was starting yet another org. <laughs> this one. I don't even know what the fuck this one is called, but it's, it's another scam. That's what it is. It's another scam. It's, so, so one thing I will say is that I do not use the word scam and fraud when it comes to Sean, but y'all will see why. But, but Karen does. But that's a different story. Um, but he started another org. This one that is supposed to launch in three key cities with DAs. What is it? It's the Truth and Conversations and something Council something. It's it's basically supposed to be an organization that explores that has like conversation and dialogue and explores, you know, systematic breakdowns and how we can fix it and all this other stuff. So he's launching it with three DAs, one in Boston and two some other, like I said, I'm barely paying attention because this is why I'm barely paying attention. Sean King launches something like every 9 months on average, right? 
rarely do they curl all the way over. So just prior to this launch, not even three weeks ago, it might have been two weeks ago, um, there was a story on him from the Daily Beast that was about how the North Star is has largely faltered, which is mm-hmm. the which is the online that. publication that he heavily messaged, fundraised for, got all kinds of famous people, had um, like all kinds of celebrities, you know, advocating and <laughs> donating and Robert Smith giving $10,000 a month as a subscriber. How all the things he promised subscribers, all the content he promised has not come to fruition. It's been like a year and a half. Shut, has shut the Atlanta studios down, has laid off most of the staff, has already had gotten rid of his co-founder, has gone through like two, three um, editor and sh- editors-in-chief. And King's response was more or less, yeah, I was overzealous. You know, every advisor we had told us not to try to do, you know, the publication and the podcast and the new show and this and that at the same time. I thought we could do it. You know, I got ahead of myself, blah, 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 whatever. This is like the seventh time he says something like that about something that failed. So my thread was, listen. Seventh to the like 30th power. Yeah, something like that. So my thread was basically, I've been on Sean King's ass for like a strong, since at least 2015. Like he, like I actually started looking into him in 2000, late 2014 when people actually started questioning him. But it's been since 2015 that I've been speaking up publicly because I saw, I could see the stuff that he had done before he was well known, and I saw the pattern from then. But every time, what I kind of stuff? Them, what kind of well, stuff I'm, are you talking about? I'm gonna get into it. So this okay. is the thing, King. Oh, oh, we, a, we go. We gonna take you to church, okay? Because <laughs> every time I bring it up, people will be like, "No," but he said his finances were good and the families, and I'm not even talking about the GoFundMe's. Sean has not actually been an organizer or administrator of any of the GoFundMes he promotes since the very first one he did with Tamir Rice that got caught up in a legal battle because Tamir's family didn't know who he was and they didn't know about the fundraiser, right? That one is the one... What a coincidence. That one is the one that has tainted him for all the rest of them. But that's not the problem. The problem is that... so. Sean, when Sean, it's like starting like about 2009 is the earliest I can find something of Sean King online. So in, in late 2014, early 2015, skeptics started speaking up about Sean King and another activist who came out of the Ferguson movement who has since actually had a little bit of a mental breakdown on the timeline and I think maybe went to jail. So he's not important, but they were looking at him. Both They were looking at both of them at the same time. And I started Googling both of them. So it's Sean Sean was a pastor in 2009 doing uh, at a church called Courageous Church, doing big fundraisers for um, Haiti, for starving kids, for water filtration systems. Um, he had a, an organization called a, Hope, uh, a Home in Haiti in 2010 that he allegedly raised $2 million for with the help of celebrities and a platform that he created called Twitch something that the organization designated claims that they only got $200,000 for him. So there's that. Then he actually co-founded a crowd 
crowdfunding platform called Hope Mob, right? So like uh, akin to a GoFundMe or something like that. There are questions from different people who did help mob campaigns about where did their money go. Then he, so this is like 2010. He also created um, a social media platform for celebrities. It never got off the ground. Like he said, they have funding. He said they were doing like, depending on what you read, they were at different stages. That never got off the ground. He said he didn't realize how much money the Apple the um, Apple took off top for stuff he put in the Apple store, so that never happened. He launched a GoFundMe for a book <laughs> called 100 Life Goals. Not a GoFundMe, a Kickstarter for a book called 100 Life Goals. That lasted two years. It took three years for him to fulfill it. So there was that where people were asking him all kinds of questions about what happened to that. He launched a campaign to climb... Seven mountains on seven continents to prove <laughs> that he could do. This was in 2011. Raise money and solicited, and not and like if y'all go to my Twitter and Google my name and like put in my name and Sean King. I have this all in the thread, and I have it in his own tweets, his own email screen caps, his own webpage screen caps. This is all screen caps, no link outs, no none of that. Wise, so, wise, we're only at 2011. I know. So, and, like, and I'm going to take you back to the early. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm catching up. I'm catching yeah. up. <laughs> so, the campaign was called Seven, Seven Mountains, Seven Continents, One Broken Man. So, part of Sean's, uh, part of Sean's, what we want to call origin story, which he had stopped telling for a while, but he pulled it back out yesterday or today because I guess he's feeling attacked, is that he was jumped in high school in his town's first ever hate crime. And so, and that, that him being jumped left him. I'm calling this an origin story. This it, is that's his, cause, cause like he, he pulls it out like that. No, name is right because it is an origin story. His Instagram right now, there's a picture of him laying on a hospital stretcher. That's his latest post. Like legit, it's an origin cause, and, and that used to be what was in his bio that used to be the first thing in his bio until 2015 was that he got jumped and it was his city's first hate crime mm. on record. And um, which what city is this, by the way? Somewhere in Kentucky. Somewhere, somewhere in Kentucky. But, in Kentucky. Just, okay. but just the simple fact that you got your ass whooped so bad that supposedly it's the first hate crime in a state like Kentucky. <laughs> but it also <laughs> wasn't actually filed as a hate crime, but that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> okay. But that's his origin story, because then he's like, he had to miss two years of high school, but then he finished, and then he got a scholarship to Morehouse, but then he had to miss two years of Morehouse, but then he came back as an Oprah scholar, and then Karin has more to say about that, but I'm gonna jump ahead. So he did the mountain climbing thing, and he so, so he solicited money. He was gonna do it on two rounds. The first round was solicit money to take a mountain climbing class. Then he was going to come back and solicit money to actually go travel the continent to climb these mountains. He also solicited airline points so that his family of five or four, however many was at the time, could travel with him. He stayed by his own admission in his own book. He stayed in the mountain climbing school four days and then dropped out and went home. So that was that. Then he started this online class called Life Goals University, and you could be personally coached by him, um, or you could get like content from him, whatever. You know, have people sign up for that. That was in the beginning of 2000. Because wait, 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 wait. Because you want 
life lessons. I mean, so I think somebody that quit four days into trying something. His argument was like, no matter where you are, I think the, the language was even like, do you think you're too broke to fulfill your dreams? Do you not know how you're going to do it? One of the services he offered was teaching people how to crowdfund money. Um, so that was maybe like in the top of 2012. In, no, top of 2014. We're in 2014. Top of 2014. This is also while the Kickstarter for the book is going on. By June 2014, he sends an apology email from South Africa, where his family has moved, to say, my bad, the internet is crazy. I can't upload these videos. We can't figure out how to fix it. I'm going to be back in America tomorrow. We'll start over. So he hasn't actually provided any of the content from Life Goals University. That's the okay. He gets back <laughs> Mike Foles University, but this is a month before Mike Brown is murdered. So you see him message the relaunch. You don't really see anything else about it after that, right? So then after Mike Brown, late 2014, he starts an org called Justice That's All. It disbands quickly. Not a whole lot of people know about it. In 2015, he starts an org called Justice Together. This one has D-Ray... Um, I want to say it had Regina King and Gabrielle Union on the board. Like, it had a bunch of names. It had a fancy, splashy website, all this other stuff, right? By December, gone, kaput. Because uh, all the people who were involved in Justice Together and Justice That's All put out an open letter saying that even though they had, like, um, captains in different— they had, like, leaders in different states and chapters in different states, after they got together— Sean just went AWOL. He didn't give the board any information. They were asking about the 501c3 status. He wouldn't answer any questions. They were asking for a directive. He wouldn't give any. And he just disbanded the org. So at this point, this is 2015, 2015 into 2016, Sean allegedly promises, and I've heard this from multiple people privately, that he won't organize anymore. He'll just, mm. you know, amplify information. So what, what, you're, what you're saying to me is that Basically, starting in around 2011, um, he started all of these internet. Uh, what do we? What would we call them? He keeps starting crowdfunded ventures. Ventures on the that internet and raising, and that then never end up doing anything. Exactly. And barely show any evidence that an attempt was even made to do anything. It seems like he took the money and ran. Well, here's the thing: I don't even know if he took the money and ran, or if it was just gross fiduciary negligence because we don't know who the financial officers are. We haven't seen, like he opened his personal books to a certain extent. We haven't seen all these org books or chat. He opened yeah. his personal books to an extent that were looked over by, by his, his own by people. His yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's shady. I'll say this one thing about, um, his finances and his financial status. Um, I've gone on an internet radio show in Brooklyn. Let's call it downtown Brooklyn. Y'all, if, if you know anything about Brooklyn, you know downtown Brooklyn is kind of ill. It's like, yeah. it's, you know. It's it, very you have fancy to have, and Right, okay. And so they're renting a space to mm -hmm. record their shit in there. Mm -hmm. And, but there, it's also a residential space where people live. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, like, it's crazy. I got to sign in. I got to do all this type of shit. And I'm leaving the studio one day and I see Sean King 
and he's with his kid and he's walking in and you can tell like this is the building that he lives in. Yes. And I'm like, shit. And I think at the, around the time this was Daily News, Sean King. Yeah. This is when he was writing oh, for the Daily News. Oh, I've got so much to say about that. So he's yeah. Daily News, Sean King. I'm like, damn, Sean King is doing it. If right. he could live in this building. So that's all. And mind you, at the time, I didn't know anything about fundraising and money schemes right. and all this. I was just taken aback at the idea that this cat could live in this place in downtown Brooklyn. Because I know he didn't, I know he's not somebody who traditionally lived in Brooklyn. And so somebody might have passed it and handed it to him or rent nah. or whatever. Nah. Like, nah, you paying the market price for this building that's downtown and, in and the middle like of this shit. And, and this is all I'm going to say. And it got, like, five kids. And his wife doesn't work. Maybe she does now. She hasn't for a lot of their relationship. Her work has been directly tied to his. But this is the thing. If Sean... And this is where I'm careful. My thing with Sean is that if, at bare minimum, he is critically irresponsible with the money he raises for his different ventures. And I feel like he is so because it's not his money. He has no stake in the game. And as long as he keeps crowdfunding instead of actually getting VC money or actually going into partnerships with somebody, he doesn't have to actually provide business plans or budget breakdowns or prospectus or five-year you know, models for fundraising. He doesn't have to. There's no requirement of transparency of him, which is why I think he keeps doing it this way. It's easy. I but just, that's my thing. Go ahead. I just want to say one thing. Um, because I want you guys to keep going. Yeah. Um, so I want to say first and foremost, my own perception or interaction with Sean King, the internet thing mm -hmm. is that I'm like, okay, this dude is some type of rabble rouser. Yeah. That's, that's it. I don't know. Anything, prior. I, yeah. I don't know anything about the fundraising, the crowdsourcing, the, right. this, the, that, He's somebody who will find a way to get people to start looking at a certain thing. And oftentimes what he's getting people to look at from my vantage point, because I'm not in the sort of mm -hmm. Sean King orbit, is shit that affects poor and working class black people. Right. Like I've never heard him, you know, espouse shit that um white people are for the most part are into or would be it would be yeah. beneficial that we'll they, there. that they oh, yeah. you know get an advantage from it every time i see it it's like poor and working class black people issues and so to me i'm like all right this dude's a rabble rouser again whenever the black He's a great amplifier but that's sure. what he does well the problem is when he needs to I just feel like Sean, the reason Sean keeps doing all this shit is because he needs to take credit for all these things he amplifies, right? So yes. like, yes. for example, yes. a few, a, um, last year when the whole thing happened with the, with the girl getting shot in the truck and first they said it was a white person, then they said it was two black people. <laughs> Sean's messaging around it was like, the detective and I were so confused. We spent days trying to solve this crime. We, like, nigga, you do yes. not work for the police. Like, yeah, what are you right, talking right, about? Right. You ain't a detective? Right. You know, it's like he is very, like, I did this. I handled this. I got this. It's a little bit of a hero complex. So my urge, urging was, yes, he is a great amplifier. 
But he would do so much better if he would work in conjunction with existing orgs because real other activists don't fuck with him. If he would work in conjunction with existing orgs and amplify the work that they're doing, because Sean never leaves Brooklyn unless he has a speaking engagement. So he's not on the ground in Kentucky. He's not on the ground in St. Louis. He's not on the ground in fucking Minneapolis. Like he's not, he not, he ain't been to not one Black Lives Matter march. And and, and I think also what you're speaking to, again, from my own vantage point, because oftentimes, like, for Black Lives Matter, for instance, right, Mm -hmm. like, my first conception of the org was that it's this amorphous thing. It's decentralized on purpose. And that's the movement. Yeah, not right. There are no, quote, quote, unquote, leaders. And I think the, the pushback that I noticed happened to be like, this dude ain't nobody's leader. He's not in charge of anything, and we need people to know that, which I'm like, great. Why would, like, I thought the point was that there weren't these type of people. And again, what, like, uh, uh, for me, part of it, too, is that it's hard for me to access the conversations that are happening around stuff like BLM because I didn't go to an HBCU. I don't feel like I fit into the black intelligentsia online crowd. Well, so you don't it's have to be in the black intelligentsia. I'm just telling you. It feels I hear like, you, but you don't it have feels, to. It feels yeah. like the conversation is centered mm-hmm. in that space around him. You know okay. what I mean? Because I'm like, why would you want to make Sean, Sean King a leader of anything anyway? I didn't know people were giving him money until the Daily Beast thing that you guys right. Reference which I read when it came out. I didn't know he was getting money from but people. I just looked out of him as this rabble rousing dude. Like, because right. again, there's similar conversations that happen around somebody like D Ray yeah, that happens like, around a lot of the people that sort of get lifted up to the top of the conversation and get the most eyeballs or whatever. And I'm just like, that feels like a conversation that's happening in a very closed off environment is what it feels like. Well, it I might be wrong. No, I'm, and I know you got to go. I'm glad you said that because it is funny when a lot of us come off of Twitter and we go to IG and we still see people like boosting him up. We're like, yes. how do y'all not know about this? <laughs> but to your point about the convo, the thing about Sean King is that most of his donors are white folks. White folks love Sean King. And he's one-stop shopping. There's you can get all your news. Why. You can click your link. <laughs> You can click your link and donate. You can feel like you did something. You can give you a little $10 a month. Sean is going to feed you the digest of all the black shit that you need to know about, right? And those are the people that have have labeled him. Like, Sean's going to label everything as from, like, a founder of the Black Lives Matter movement to a leader <laughs> of the Black Lives Matter movement. That is why people feel like they have to, to clarify that he's not because white people think he is. You know, and and that's part of the issue. And I know, and Karin has like deeper shit to get into. Unfortunately, I know we're gonna lose you. No, but we got like two like, three minutes. I would love okay. to hear. So that, but I, but I, but I appreciate you saying though. that the conversation feels closed off. Because for me, even though I don't consider myself in activist Twitter, um, I know that I intersect with like that activist Twitter, that Ferguson crew. And like that crew that emerged out of Ferguson and HBCU Twitter, even though I'm not HBCU alum. But to us, it's always like, yo, there's so many receipts on dude. How do y'all not know this? And then you go to Instagram and like your best friend be like, we got to protect Sean King. And you're like, all right, let me explain (laughs) all of this shit. Like, Karin, what were you going to say? I would say this as someone that's connected to all of that as an HBCU alum, as an actual real journalist. Yeah, he's uh, also not a journalist. 
as someone who is uh, who knows journalists or people who have covered these events like Ferguson and all these riots and uprising and people who know that in any way that you can think of, I have a one degree separation or I'm part of that circle to under to put this into context. And when I say this, because as Amos said, when she opened this context is key. And I'm going to give you the context of why that next statement about Sean King is this way so that you can understand it. Because when I say it, it's going to take you back a little bit. But when I give you the receipts, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is what he's getting to. Right. Sean King is one of the greatest cancers to black America in contemporary times. Oh, that's a big statement. And this is why. Because of the things you see that, that Naima said earlier that he amplifies. And you will be like, oh, he's giving a voice to people who don't have a voice. He's right. showing these uh, videos of police brutality of things that are going on. So people are like, he's doing the work. Right. But the mentality behind why he's doing this work is all for self. It's not for us. Because let's just be honest, he ain't one of us. And let's just take this all the way back. So you can go all the way there. I have never seen a person to where everything about their life has question marks from his mm -hmm. race to the story about him getting jumped to if you talk to enough Morehouse alums like myself, let me turn my hat around, who will keep it a buck with you his entire time at Morehouse and him being Morehouse SGA president. He fucked shit up when he was president. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this shit 100 with right. you. And there are stories and there are things about it that happened that I'm not going to speak to because I'm... But it was the same thing where he gets people... Riled he gets up. people rallied, but there's no follow-up. <laughs> there's no leadership behind because it, he right? Does it. No, he, what he's doing now, he did at Morehouse to win SGA president, and then he got in there. Everybody realized he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Right. And... And shit needed to be rectified, and then we had to put stuff in place to rectify it so that there could never be a Sean King ever again. Right. To him being a fake-ass pastor, talk to people in Atlanta, because I've lived in Atlanta for a long, long time um, before I moved here in Chicago. Um, to yeah, him, and Courageous these, Church yeah. do talk about it. If you search Courageous Church, that's... I'm sorry to interrupt you, Carl. I'm just going to say this real quick. The thing about it is none of this stuff is secret. That's nope. what is fascinating about Sean. None of it is secret. None of it is buried. None of it is hidden. People have been talking about it for years. It just Decades. flies right past. If you Google, I mean, if you search Courageous Church in Twitter, if you search any of these orgs in Twitter and his name, if you search even Morehouse in his name, Morehouse, people don't talk as much because they want to keep, you know, the dignity of the, of, the, of the institution. But none of this is secret. None of this is secret with him. I'm sorry, go ahead, Karn. But but this is why I'm here, and you thoroughly gave just a brief part of his scamming um, <laughs> history. But let me get to... Um, Hold on, before before you go, because I do yeah. got to get off. I, I appreciate, first of all, I appreciate you guys actually having the history of what makes Sean King a problematic public face of anything right. that's trying to be positive for the type of shit that the three of us on this call care about. You know, I think my role, I think why Ben wanted me to come on is because like most people aren't doing this knowledge on Sean King. It's like uh, I turn on my MSNBC and he's, you know, he's basically laying down the facts of some, the cops fucking up some black kid. 
Yeah. Like, this is the circumstances. This is why I'm like, shit, what's so bad about that? You know what I'm saying? Right. But like all of the things that the things that, you know, the tentacles that come out of that, because he's able to access these audiences via mm-hmm. platforms like MSNBC and, you know, the Bernie campaign and what have you. Um, it becomes a problem because, you know, if this dude is selling snake oil and mixing it in with shit that actually matters, right. it, it becomes, it begins to muddle and muddy the message. It muddles, it muddles the message. It makes people question genuine, it makes people um, skeptical of genuine orgs out here that are doing work. It makes people not want to give money and or it makes organizers not want to work because they're burnt out. Like there's so many stories of people who just felt like they've been burned by King and and it's and it's like I said, I would have no issue if King just used his platform for messaging and for fundraising in support of something else. The problem is that he keeps you know directing all the funds to something that he's putting together that has no structure, that has no plan, that has no promise. And that's why I said what I said, mm-hmm. because he is the person that's putting the cyanide in the Kool-Aid. And why right. it takes good going down, you don't realize what he's actually doing and what it's doing to you. So yeah. you see the MSNBC, you see the public things, you see the attempts that look like they're for good, but yeah. you don't realize that he's doing this so he can for keep himself. scamming and dirt in the dark. So he, this is why this is keep going on after year after year after year because he puts on this front that makes you believe that it's so good when in actuality that's his cover to keep being out here being just a trash ass human being and that's why i'm always saying like he is so problematic um because of all of this like i can i would just skip over all the stuff at the daily news and why he left and how he's not a real journalist and how him not being there anymore has all to do with his ego and yeah. that's about his platform, because if you really pay attention to why the Daily News ended, if it was really about the platform and helping people with his platform, why he left wouldn't have been the reason why he left. Well, yeah, no, he it wasn't. That's and that's or why he thing. was pushed out. And, I, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. So I think that, listen, regardless of what Sean's real story is, whether he was adopted, whether he wasn't, to me, what it looks like is... You got a guy who maybe was somehow an out, and I'm not caping for him per se, but maybe somehow was like an outcast in his family. He says him and all his siblings had different uh, fathers and attached himself to a story that made him feel better about himself. And I feel like, like, you know, he has compared himself to great civil rights leaders before, which is laughable. His bio in 2015 said he was one of the most well-respected humanitarians in the world. That was 2015. Um, and I think that he has this notion, you know, last name King, went to Morehouse, became a pastor, you know, coming to activist. I really think there's like a, a bit of a hero complex. Like he wants to be important. And when you want, and that's fine, but you have to decide what's, what's more crucial to you, being the face of the work or actually doing the work, right? Because you can't always be both, not effectively. And he has proven as more... Sean writes all his stories about himself in third person. He writes all his tweets, and they're always like 5,000 words long. He writes all his tweets. Like I said before, if you look at his messaging. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me, let me, yeah. let me stop you there because I'm going to give you a great example because someone could be listening to this and be like, what do you mean? Here's an example. 
I'll never forget when we were at the Daily News at the same time, and Sean wrote this story about Colin Kaepernick. And I was kind of pissed off because I didn't understand it because my role at the Daily News was sports, race, and social issues columnist. And here he comes writing a story about Colin Kaepernick, who is the epitome of sports, race, and social social issues. Right. Cool. But Sean got to write it because, you know, it was Sean at that time, and he was Sean the man, even though I was telling everybody to work there and I was calling him bullshit. But nobody wanted to listen to me. Now they're all like, my bad. (laughs) We messed up. So he wrote this whole piece one time about Kaepernick and the whole, the story, listen, as if you're a columnist, it is your opinion. But if you're a good columnist, I only pops up in there in your column a handful of times. Right. There were so many eyes, 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 eyes in one paragraph that I was just like, what is this? But the base of the column was about how his relationship with Kaepernick and why he was boycotting the NFL because of how they were treating his friend. The actual column had nothing to do about Colin Kaepernick. It was all about Sean It King. was all about Sean being friends which, with Colin Kaepernick. Which was so funny to me because if you remember a couple of years later, Google it, folks, GQ did this huge piece on Sean King, I mean on Colin Kaepernick, when he did the photo shoot in the streets mm-hmm. of New York, we had the dashiki on. Mm-hmm. And if you read the piece, Colin it was Kaepernick, when he launched Know Your Rights campaign, right? Colin, yes, Colin Kaepernick did not grant them a scholarship uh, interview. He said, "Y'all can follow me around. Y'all can take pictures if you do this, right. but I ain't gonna talk." So GQ got smart and they was like, "We gonna talk to ten people. We right. gonna talk to people close to him, people that worked with him, people who really know him." Yes. Who they didn't talk to. Sean King. His, his supposed best friend. And I remember calling editors and I was just like, hey, why isn't Sean in this? Because he you know, walks around the office every day claiming that it's his BFF. Why didn't they reach out <laughs> to him? And when they reached out to him, there wasn't an answer. Because everything is a lie. Everything is a fallacy. Everything is built off some bullshit. And at, at best, Everything is built off some question marks. Yeah, at best, it's all about optics. And and I'll piggyback off of what Wise said. Wise had to go, but I'll piggyback off of what he said, which is, from my perspective, the man is amplifying. And this is a lot of people's arguments. He's amplifying good things. He's bringing attention to social justice issues. Doesn't that matter? Here's the thing. There is literally nothing, literally nothing, that Sean reports on that somebody else somewhere is not also talking about. Correct. And one of the issues that people have with him is that he often scoops local journalists because he wants to get news out to his bigger platform. But he also, again, he is not a journalist. What he does is he puts a call out for information. He'll literally tweet it. Tell me everything you know about blah, 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 blah. Call me, email me at this tip line about blah, blah, blah. Hit me and let me know blah, 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 blah. That's not journalism. That's aggregation of information, which in and of itself is a skill if people trust you. And, you know, people tend to at him anytime anything goes on and they want a message amplified. But again, amplification is important, but also sometimes he jumps so fast to be first to something that he gets shit completely wrong and fucks it up. That's happened a few times. And to give people a real world example of that is we all remember the story of the New Jersey kid who had to cut his dreads off to wrestle a couple years ago, right? Here's an example. Um, Sean King was the one who broke that story, right? Mm -hmm. 
I won in the national award because that was one of the columns I submitted. Here's the difference. Sean King was tweeting about it. I was actually calling the school, right. the gym teacher, the superintendent. Right. Now, none of these people was calling us back at this time. Right, right. But we were actually doing the work to why, if I couldn't physically be there, I spent hours leaving voicemails, tracking down emails and information to, to contact get people, to get perspective, to find yeah. out what was happening. But if you paid attention on the internet, the local sportscaster also told us that same story and had more details and fact because they are actual journalists who know what to do and how to get there. Exactly. They just weren't tweeting with a million followers, so they didn't get to look like he did. Exactly. And these are the things why people like myself or who are in this profession, who are actual journalists, are just like when people call him a journalist. Like, I lose it and I flip out. And I'm like, don't you dare. Yeah. Don't you dare compare him to the work I've had to go through and put in. Yeah, no, he's definitely not a journalist. Like he's, and, he, and he was a blogger. Like, he had his own blog called Sean in the City. If you search the Wayback Machine, you can find seanincity.com that he had from the time he was a pastor up until, I want to say the last post was in, was right before Mike Brown was murdered. And then um, he started writing for the Daily Cause. And then after a while, he went to New York Daily News. And then he allegedly went to Harvard Law for a special justice project they had. And then he started launching shit again. Because I think that the writer thing was too quiet for him. Like he needed, he needed the light, right? So that's when... Soon after that, we got the Injustice Boycott and then uh, the North Star and then some other shit that he was doing. And um, if you're wondering why like, we're going in so much, I give people a, a peek behind the scenes of my industry. At one time when Jason Whitlock was in control of the Undefeated and was getting ready to launch it, the main, the first person he wanted to hire was Sean King. And I'll just leave it right there. That's pretty damning. I actually will say that's pretty damning. That's pretty damning. There you yeah, go. I mean, so, okay, we say all that to say, we meant to get into, like, three other people today. It may not happen. But my my bottom line is this. First, like I said, we want to give everybody some context. Because everybody's like, what's so bad about Sean King? Even Ben, who was our boss uh, of sorts, was hit me and was like, I never really understood the ire behind him. And the reason I know I hit the nail on the head with this threat is because I've had almost, I've had only a handful of Sean King supporters push back on me. And usually if you come after him, like you got hordes of people in your mentions. And I've been talking shit about Sean King for like a strong five years. Yeah. But, what I will, but what I will say, like I said, at the end of the day, my thing with King, whether you believe he's stealing or he's just irresponsible or you think he's not actually black or whatever. My thing is, if nothing else, he has proven. He has a track record of failure. He has a track record of sloppiness. He has a track record of false starts. He has a track record of opaqueness and lack of transparency. And you need to stop giving this man your money. Because the reason he's so fucking careless is because it's not his money. He has no law. He has no loss in this. There's no risk to him. People are losing jobs. People are having to sign NDAs. But there's no loss to him at all whatsoever. So consider that. And there is always a local org. There is a local Black Lives Matter chapter. There is a local organizer. If you are looking at the hashtag, you may have to do a little searching 
But you can find, like, Sean's one-stop shopping. That's part of his appeal. You can find somebody else doing the work. You can find the, the GoFundMe on a different page. You can find another organization that's been established longer, like Grassroots Law, the Grassroots Law Project, which he's a partner with, with Lee Marriott, that he just, that just popped up this year, I think. Sean is co-founder and chief, like, strategist advisor. He's not an attorney. Who is he advising? What is he strategizing? He's not a lawyer. So it's like, fine, I don't know, Southern Poverty Law Center. I don't know, Some there is something else. There is something else and somebody else that you can follow to stay informed, to have these conversations, to be on top of things, and to actually give your money to a place where it'll go further. He ain't it. And I, and I believe that it's only a matter of time before his fiduciary messiness, because I definitely believe there's some tax fuck-ups. I definitely believe there's some 501c3s that didn't get filed. I definitely believe like there's some, there's some cross-management of money or whatever. I think it's only a matter of time before his fiduciary sloppiness catches up with him. But in the meantime, my thing is just like, don't get this dude your money. And you, then, if you want to follow him, fine. Don't give him your dough. And, and to put a bow on this, uh, two points. One, just remember that this is a man who went after a female student. Oh, yeah, we didn't even get into Clarissa and, Brooks and, I, and all I got, that. I got it. And, and went after her and acted like he was going to attack her with Ben Crump when he didn't have Ben Crump on retainer. Right. And secondly, um, for anyone who would just think, like, Naeem is going too hard or personally me going too hard and being like, oh, why would you go after another black man like this? Your Morehouse brother, which he is not, and I do. I wish Morehouse would just disassociate itself with them. Um, those are my personal feelings, but um, I don't have a personal vendetta against him, and even though he has done personal things to me. And me and Naomi have had this this talk mm-hmm. off camera. Like I can give you receipts of things he's personally done to lie on me and not even going to bring this up because this ain't about me. This is just about we're having a discussion about somebody who needs to get put the fuck out the paint Yeah, because he ain't doing nothing but clogging it up. And, stay, and you know, here's the thing. Stakes are too high, right? Right Correct. now in 2020, stakes were too high in 2016, but not right now in 2020, stakes are too high. We're in crisis. We're in an election year. We're in health crisis and we're in community crisis and we're in an election year. There's just, there's too much on the table for false, like for just like echoing voices that don't actually do anything. So I do still plan for us to get into Van Jones and maybe, maybe not Terry Crews. I don't really want to give his ass no, no light, but definitely Van Jones. I also want to talk about the, the evolution of fucking Don Lemon but we'll get into those another day because we're already out of time. But again, this we said it was going to be a special episode. It was a special episode. So this was the Get Sean King Out the Motherfucking Paint episode of the Wednesday service. That is your scripture. That is your Sunday school lesson. That is the whole shit. I'm just saying, if you look at this pattern, I don't have to say nothing else. It's there. It's and- there. And to close it out, uh, as I said, I was taking up the offering. I would just uh, piggyback off what Naima said and say, stop giving your money to this white man. The end. <laughs> um, yeah, what he said. So, listen, hit us up. Tell us what you think. We definitely want to hear your commentary. You definitely cannot convince me that Sean King is doing good. But you're welcome 
to let me know if you have a difference of opinion. But again, as always, my job is to try to provide some context. I just ask you guys to look a little deeper and put the pieces together. It's not hard at all. None of it is secret. It's all out there, and people have been talking about it consistently. I want to say the first, where did all the money go for Sean King's story came out in 2015. So they've been consistent since then. Um, but yeah, so I am Naima. Hi, you say good to the people? I, hey, everybody sleep tight. I'm like, okay. hey, keep, <laughs> keep, hey, too many people. Hey, the employment rate is too high for you to be giving your money to this person. Do not give your money to Sean King. If you have, and if you have recurring donations to him now, please be vigilant about canceling because I heard that people have a hard time canceling their donations to him to his various well, orgs that call, he keeps billing. Call, call your bank. <laughs> call your credit union. We'll be back next week, but before we get out of here, don't give your money to Sean King, but do use your money to subscribe to our Patreon for extra content and special stuff that you can't get through the normal show, extras, the opportunity to possibly guest on a show, all kinds of goodies is patreon.com. Count the dings. Yeah, give your money to real black people. <laughs> all right, y'all. Hit us up. I'm at Naima on Twitter. He's Karen J. Phillips on Twitter. Are you CJ Phillips on Twitter? I'm Karen J. Phillips. He's Karen J. Phillips on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you learned something. Let us know if you don't believe us. Again, you're not going to convince us any differently, but by all means, hit us up. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Later. Night-night.